Hello and welcome to another F1 Strategy Report recap. My name's Michael Laminato and this is a preview of the 2021 Bahrain Grand Prix for Apex Race Manager, the mobile race management simulator. Let's start by taking a look at last year's race. Throughout 2020, the teams were equipped with 2019 specification Pirelli tyres, and by the time we got to Bahrain, round 15 of 17, the cars were well beyond what the rubber was designed to handle. It turned the Bahrain Grand Prix into more of a race of tyre management than we're used to seeing in Sakir. It's a salient point to make on the eve of the 2021 season, when the only rule changes from last year to this have been to reduce downforce to make life easier on the Pirellis. And those changes may, and I mean may, have been enough to trip up the previously unflappable Mercedes team. But last year, the German mark had no such problems. After Romain Grosjean was safely extricated from the burning wreckage of his smashed Haas car, Lewis Hamilton was free to lead the restart from the front, where he controlled the race pretty easily. I caught up post-race with F1 journalist Abhishek Taklin. The development of the cars, more downforce, while using the same compounds as last year because the teams rejected the new, what should have been the new compounds, meant that this became much more of a tyre management race than we're used to. Not tyre wear management, but it was all about keeping the tyres under temperature control. Thermal degradation was the limiting factor here, wasn't it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, yeah, absolutely. You're spot on with that. Um, Look, I mean, after after that incident, once the race settled down into its rhythm, it was pretty much a straightforward procession. Um, I know Lewis said he was pushing flat out and everything, but it was all about tire management. And that is why you saw uh, people with, as, as we, we dive into, that is why you saw uh, people with sort of different strategies, uh, you know, vaulting up the field and, and really making their races on those strategies. So yeah, it was absolutely a race of management. Yes, it's very true that, you know, Pirelli, Yes, I mean when you've got when you've got the sort of loads these cars generate year on year, it is going to have an impact on the tires, especially when the tires aren't developing or keeping in step with the loads that these cars are generating. So, yeah, very different race this year compared to what we saw last year. Interesting that everyone in Q3 qualified in Q2, uh, I should say, to get into Q3 on the medium tire. Yeah. The soft was pretty well rejected after practice. They decided it was going to be no good and it almost featured absolutely not in the race. We'll talk about the really the one driver who made any good use of it in a moment. That was Carlos Sainz. Mm. Uh, this includes Mercedes, of course. They qualified, of course, on the front row with the medium tire, used the medium tire in the race naturally enough. Really interesting, I thought. I know we're at the end of the season. I mean, Mercedes still wants to, of course, clean up in terms of wins. There was no, at any point, any risk of the idea that they wouldn't be in a good position here. But they didn't use the medium tyre at all in practice too, which is the only representative session in Bahrain because this is a twilight race. FP2 Mm. is at twilight, whereas Friday morning and Saturday morning practices during the day doesn't really give you a good read of how things are going to go. And I thought that just says so much about Mercedes, doesn't it? That they didn't feel the requirement to do that work on the tyre that was probably going to be marginal, turned out to be a good tyre, but, you know, we couldn't have been certain in the conditions. They have so much information, don't they? So they're so good at knowing what that car can do and knowing what their drivers can do that they didn't really need to set up this race for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, it was going to be... It was going to be uh... I mean, they've, they're a top team. They have the resources. They have the simulation software. They've got so much data from the past. They've got so much data running on these tires in this season that they can simulate reasonably well enough how uh, their car is going to go on, you know, on, on a set of tires. 
Um, and I think that's the advantage of being a top team, having these resources. Firstly, you've got a fast car, so it just automatically opens up lots of strategic options for you, um, you know, uh, because in, you, your car just inherently has a speed. Uh, and secondly, you have all of these resources, all of this sort of number crunching software that, um, that some other teams might not have access to, which means you can simulate to a far greater degree and, and, to a, uh, and with a far greater degree of accuracy how your car is going to behave on its tyres. Let's look at how Lewis Hamilton controlled this one pretty much from start to finish, let all but one lap when he was making his first stop. Worth saying that Max Verstappen was just in the distance for most of this race. He was not too mm. far behind, close enough that he could be a threat, but not quite close enough to ever attempt to pass. Uh, I thought it was interesting after the race, he was a little bit disappointed that his team wasn't more aggressive, particularly at the first stop. Undercut is really powerful here because of thermal degradation. Uh, a new set of tyres mm. worked really, really well. But it was Lewis Hamilton who stopped first. Mercedes saw that window and went for it. Straight mm. away neutralised Red Bull Racing, and that really set the tone for this battle. Yeah, yeah. I agree, but I do think um, Mercedes had them covered mm-hmm. in terms of pace and strategy, had Red Bull covered. Like you say, Max Verstappen was sort of in there looming in the background, but he was probably a potential threat, but he was probably never really a threat. I think mm-hmm. I think if Merce- I think Mercedes and Hamilton had enough in hand to see off any threat from Verstappen. So um I don't I, I I think I think Red Bull is just not quick enough today, and ultimately that's what it, uh, yesterday. Sorry, and that's what it ultimately comes down to. You know, yes, the undercut might have worked or not. I don't know. We'll never find out because at the second stop they actually tried it. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried undercutting Hamilton, um, I believe, at the second pit stop, wasn't it? Yep. And uh, you know, but we we won't find out because it was a slow stop. So any benefit they might have uh, derived from from the undercut at the second stop. Uh, having already missed the window at the first stop, um, you know, never materialized. If we want to add up further missed opportunities here, you can't help but wonder whether Red Bull Racing might have liked to have gone for a three-stop and been more aggressive. Here Mm. they had the tyres to do it, but of course the safety car relatively lengthy at the start of the race to clean up after Lance Stroll's flipped car meant that it was very much in that two-stop range. There weren't enough racing laps. But the big what-if was how the podium battle uh, resolved itself and that is would a closer Alex Albon have been able to play a role in somehow diffusing some of that tension with Hamilton if you like he was off the pace in the race still finished third albeit Mm. after Sergio Perez retired late as you mentioned earlier but while this was I suppose an improved race for him still didn't really play that backup role that Red Bull really needs yeah that's what Red Bull have been missing um missing in so many races this year because Verstappen has basically been uh, one Red Bull against two Mercedes typically, you know, which, which obviously then, which means Verstappen is Mercedes can play around with strategy because they've got two cars uh, to play around with strategy and, um, and, and force Red Bull into sort of, you know, into a strategy that, that might not be ideal, you know? So, um, so yes, definitely not having Alex Albon, and on a day when Bottas mm-hmm. was 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 not uh, in the mix, uh, definitely definitely um, reduced Red Bull's options. Yeah, exactly. You've got to use those uh, numerical advantages when you have them, and that hasn't been an option for Red Bull yeah. this season. Now let's look ahead to this weekend's race. The 2021 Bahrain Grand Prix is the first race of the season, and despite preseason testing taking place at Sakir less than two weeks ago, the form guide remains unknown. Mercedes looked out of sorts in testing. 
Perhaps this was because they were more adversely affected by tweaks to the technical rules, which reduced the floor size ahead of the rear wheels, among some other aerodynamic changes designed to reduce downforce. Inversely, Red Bull Racing appeared to pick up where it left off after winning the season-ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix last December. It seemed hardly affected by the new rules and was the pick of the preseason bunch. What we do know is that the track is defined by its power sensitivity and its abrasive asphalt. The tyres wear down as well as thermally degrade here, so whoever can best manage the traction and braking events will be able to squeeze the most performance out of a race distance. On a related note, as mentioned earlier, Pirelli's new and more robust structures this year will allow teams to run the tyres at lower pressures, which should ease overheating and thermal degradation relative to previous years. Two stops is still likely to be the order of the day. Looking at the Bahrain form guide, over the last five years, Mercedes has claimed three pole positions and three victories, with the rest going to Ferrari during the years it had a more competitive engine. And briefly, remember that this season, both Friday practice sessions have been reduced from 90 minutes to 60 minutes each, cutting practice time to a total of three hours for each event. In theory, teams will have less time to set up their cars, but in reality, teams are already underutilizing the time to conserve tyres, so instead we're just likely to have fewer lulls during these practice sessions. So can Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton flip pre-season expectations and make a two wins in a row? Or will Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen start their campaign on a high? I'll be back next week to debrief all of the action. Until then, you can subscribe to The Strategy Report wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter for our regular pre-race strategy guides. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast. Special thanks to Ben Loke from Bloke Designs for the show artwork, and our theme music is by Simon Hosford. My name's Michael Aminato. It's good to be back for 2021, and I'll catch you next week.